0: Let's actually bring in one of the heavy hitters right now. Deb Hutton is here, former senior advisor to two Ontario premiers. It's time for the morning brief. Deb, good morning. Good morning, John. Okay, you know Doug Ford, and all of us have been listening to him for a while. I want to play... Uh, his answer to a question yesterday where he was asked, why aren't you testifying before the committee, or not the committee, the judge investigating the Declaration of the Emergencies Act? And this, you can tell from his voice, is Doug Ford when he gets animated.
1: I I love that he uses previous premiers how to inquire. i got to remind him, he was part of the most politically corrupt government this province (laughs) has...
0: And that's it. The speaker stood up. His mic was cut off. Deb, in your service to two different premiers, I guess there must have been days like that where you thought, oh, no, this question period is not going our way.
1: Yeah, although I don't think this one's that bad, quite frankly. Um, He said something that a lot of people might believe about the liberal government of the past. Uh, he withdrew it i mean it, it's political theater you're a, you're a sometimes actor john it is it is acting the one thing i will say about this one though because he's he's picked a lane on uh then this was obviously about appearing before the public inquiry uh, in ottawa he's picked a lane on that yeah it's the old deodorant commercial you know, never let them see a sweat <laughs> don't let them get under your skin don't take the bait so that on this particular one that's the advice i would have been giving him uh, whether he got that advice, he certainly didn't follow it, but I don't think it's a big deal one way or another.
0: Report out yesterday that says Ontario's back officially in the black. Um, that's, that's good news. I know we always say all economic news is bad. I can't see the bad side to being in the black.
1: Well, so for us as taxpayers, I love this. As you know, I'm one of those few people who just can't stand more spending and deficits. Uh, I'd say take some of this money and pay down the debt, because this is not Sunny days ahead at all. Uh, But I actually think it's not good news for Finance Minister Peter Bethenfalvy because he's got tons of negotiations coming due. The pressure on him on the QP strike, which is potentially pending in uh, what Wednesday or Thursday of next week. Uh, he's got teachers coming at him soon. He's got nurses coming at him soon. He's got all like all of these negotiations that are popping up in the post-Bill 124 era. So knowing that there's money in the bank is really bad news right now for Peter Bethinfaldi. The other one we keep forgetting about now that we're past municipal elections this past Monday is we're going to have a whole bunch of municipalities knocking on his door looking for cash. I mean, we think about the, the budget deficit that we have in Toronto alone transit's not back, municipalities are not in, in the black, and they have to be. They don't get to run a deficit. So they're going to, as I said, knock on Peter Beth and door. So if I were him, I wouldn't be happy with this. But as a taxpayer,
0: I am. Pamela Palmiter is going to be with us at 635 to talk about a motion in the House of Commons yesterday where the Commons unanimously agreed the residential schools uh, system was genocide. And I'm a bit you know, squishy on this one, to be honest, Deb, because, um, you know, genocide in our, uh, you know, the most recent history involved people being put on trains and taken to camps and pushed into um, gas chambers. And as horrible as the residential school was, I don't think it rises to that level.
1: Well, and it's a very specific definition in, I guess, one of the UN uh, United Nations charters or United Nations declarations, and it and it came about after the genocide you just spoke about. So it it is fraught with meaning, which is why the motion was there. Obviously, I think I'm probably with you on this one, John. It it seems by comparison to to not be equivalent. Uh, But if you look at the technical definition, which is uh, intent to destroy a group or harm a group, it probably meets the test.
0: Okay. well, we'll see what Pamela has to say. She is a lawyer after all. Uh, Elon Musk closing his deal on Twitter, firing a whole bunch of senior officers, is threatening to fire 75 percent of the crew. Um, I just I keep coming back to the idea that if I had that much money, buying Twitter would not occur to me.
1: Yeah, but if you had that much money, you'd just kind of do what you want to do. What was his line yesterday? The bird is free. Yeah. Like, it, it, this is a guy that I, I just don't think most of us can relate to in any way, shape, or form. Uh, he says part of his goal is to help humanity. In what world does, Twitter. does owning Twitter <laughs> help humanity? I mean, it's just, he's it, 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 a bit of a, it's a show. It's like reality TV. I don't think we should put much stock in it. However... Twitter for some people is, is a big deal, so I guess they will care more than I do.
0: I've pulled some figures on Twitter, and we'll talk about it more in the next half hour. But as much as I enjoy Twitter and I participate in it, and I probably leverage it once in a while, uh, Deb, I, just, I, I don't see it as some sort of a fundamental speaker's corner for the world.
1: I uh, very, very rarely post. I don't know if I've done so even this year. I never engage because I did it once. And I thought, why am I arguing on my phone with somebody who, in my view, didn't know what they were talking about? So I did it once and never again. It's a waste of time, in my view.
0: It is, absolutely. And uh, I know a lot of people have found tremendous serenity by either diminishing the time they spend on Twitter or some of them have deleted their accounts and they say they don't miss it. Deb, you have a wonderful weekend. You too, John.